All right, it's time for the Robert Scott Bell Show, Sacred Fire of Liberty edition. Uh, this is the 5th of October, 2023. Jonathan Ebord will be joining me shortly. Uh, also, hour two, we've got a new guest on uh, from the Medical Truth uh, truth. I'm gonna. Here we go. We're starting really strong here <laughs> from the Medical Truth podcast. James Egidio, uh, which we haven't had on. Also, uh, masculine marketing for what? Veganism. <laughs> Will it work for you? <laughs> We're gonna talk about that. But first up, border issues. Jonathan was there last week. Uh, also, uh, the chaos, apparent chaos. Is it chaos in the House of Representatives on the Speaker of the House? Jonathan Emore is here to chime in on that and a whole lot more. Thanks for being here. Tell your friends. The Robert Scott Bell Show is on. RobertScottBell.com slash listen. Chime in on the chat room. Let us know where you're watching or listening from, and we'll be back with you to start this healing party right about now. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Sacred Fire of Liberty begins right now. And uh, there's so much interesting news I want to ask Jonathan Ebord to comment on. Uh, you know, one of the first things, of course, relates to the border. It's interesting. Uh, we're hearing reports that uh, Biden, is he releasing funds to build a wall now? Has he finally figured out that even Democrats want secure borders is that what's happening here we also have questions about what's going on with the speaker of the house issues and gosh a whole lot more jonathan e Moore running for the united states senate in virginia to defeat the hillary clinton lackey known as tim kane uh, emord4va.com is the website you can see the image up there please support my friend jonathan uh, we'll all be better off if he is in or when he is in the u.s senate welcome back jonathan how are you my friend doing well robert how are you Good to see you. I know we we actually you know played I obviously some of the clips you sent us uh, from being at the border when you were out in California down near San Diego, and uh, that it's big time in the news. I just pick pick the story you want to start with. I, you've got a big article about the border as well, but Biden now is going to build the wall, really? No, he is not going to do anything to change the nature of this open border situation. This is a. Uh, basically an act of leisure domain. This is a ruse. And the reason why I say that is that he will proceed with some border wall construction in order to deflect attention away from the fact that he is has an open border policy in place. He won't change anything else. The same number of people will come across. Uh, the, the reality is that he's going to have to change internally the distribution of people such that they won't be pouring into New York. He's trying to respond to criticisms within his own party mm -hmm. about this. He has no intention of stopping this mass invasion of the United States. He's going to continue it because he's confident that this is the way you destroy a free enterprise system. This is the way you make people afraid so that they will allow their liberties to be taken away. In short, this is the way you get to transformational change, which is what Schumer and Pelosi and the leadership on the left want. They want our republic to be replaced with a, an authoritarian state, a communist or a socialist state. So 
The best way to do that is to keep people in a state of panic, to keep them in a situation where they're fearful about their safety, about their health, about their future. Mm-hmm. And, uh, re- and you induce a failure of the market. So really, trust me when I say this, this is insincere. There is no real effort to try to seal the borders. They're, they will not do anything differently. They will not, re- I mean, look, if you were sincere, you would reallocate the border patrol from processing human beings back to the border. You would increase massively the number of National Guard present in the border. You would send troops down there, frankly, and you would massively increase the expenditures for construction of the border wall, and you'd reinstate Remain in Mexico and other policies that were working so that you would have a fulsome uh, effort to reduce the numbers of the border. They have no intention of doing that at all. I went down there. I saw the number of massive, huge 130,000 square foot tents that they have and the uh, devoted enterprise that's underway with human processing where every person is put through a processing center in 72 hours from coming across illegally. They go through this processing center and what is the processing for? It's to find out, uh, uh, to sign them up for welfare, for food stamps, for giving them a whole family upwards of $3,000 in cash, uh, enabling them to get free education, free medical care, all at the taxpayer's expense. And then they put them on buses and then they send them to the airport, to the plane, to the train station or to the bus station. There, there are NGOs funded by the federal government, NGOs that then buy their plane tickets, buy their train tickets, buy their bus tickets, and send them wherever they want to go across the United States. Well, that is the only part of this equation that I think is going to change, and here's how. They're no longer going to be able to go to Manhattan. They'll have to go somewhere else. The reason is there's so much barking from Democrats in Manhattan and New York that Mm -hmm. Biden is going to have to respond to that. And what is he going to do? Is he going to reduce the numbers of illegals coming across the border? No, he's just going to send them to Nebraska or he's going to send them to Oregon or he's going to send them to Illinois or, you know, they're already saying it at Chicago. Super Don says he would volunteer to host a thousand illegals in the studio there. No, I don't think he really said that. But I mean, you know, that that's the insanity of the liberal, if you will, modern day liberal policies that have led to this, even though now, as you point out, the, the so-called liberal Democrats are screaming and crying, don't send us more, please. And it, it it begs the question of whether they were ever sincere about their desire to welcome the tired, huddled masses like the Statue of Liberty says in an orderly fashion or just, hey, flood the, the country until it's so dysfunctional that everybody demands, as you point out, socialism, uh, you know, free stuff for everybody. And then they get all the votes in the world because, you know, you buy them by giving them free stuff. Uh, so that even Democrats are coming out and saying, hey, do something about this immigration crisis. Uh, it tells you how bad it really is. Let me tell you something. You go to the border like I did and you see and talk to the CBP and see what's going on. It is shocking. What you realize is that the United States has no protection against the greatest threats to our country. We have none. When you go down to that border, this is what you find out. You find out that drugs are coming into this country unimpeded. They have light, ultralight aircraft. They fly it across the border. Nothing stops these illegal intrusions into American airspace, nothing. They drop all these drugs up in the mountains. They have uh, mules that come through. 
uh, at night. They light fires up in the mountains. The, the fires are not extinguished. They create forest fires. They get the local uh, fire departments to come out. They frequently are incapable of stopping it. It goes and destroys homes. They never blame it on the illegals that are causing it. They never blame it on the drug trafficking up in the mountains. They have all this fentanyl coming in, all this cocaine, nothing to stand in the way. I asked the CBP chief who was with me, what percentage did he estimate of overt criminal, violent criminals coming in and drug trafficking coming in that was interdicted by CBP? He said less than 1%. Mm. He said that is we are virtually defenseless. He said that, look, you're seeing this for your with your own eyes. You see, I only have one truck going across a 50 mile area and we aren't allowed to have uh, anything other than a sidearm. And then when one CBP agent fired his sidearm after on the other side, cartel agents were firing with an automatic weapon, a rifle, mm. and with bullets piercing through the, the, the shell of their, their little trucks. I mean, they don't have armor or anything. That guy, to defend himself, got out of his truck and the guy, they were still shooting at him and he fired back and he killed uh, the guy who had the gut, the rifle. And then Mayorkas removed him from duty and, and removed him from the CBP. And he said, this, this chief down there said, we got the message. We're they not got, allowed to defend ourselves. Right. Well, what about the morale of the CBP when they know they can't even do the job of protecting the, the American border? The morale is so low. We talked about that. He said that, look, we signed up to defend our country. We thought we were coming into a service that was going to allow us to do something good for our country by defending us against criminals, against drug traffickers, against people who want to bring in sex trafficking, drug trafficking, and all that. He said, we are not allowed to do it. Instead, what we've been turned into are paper processing people who go in to these massive tents and wait for them to come from the border. And then we put them through a 72 hour process and they're, they're let go all throughout the whole country. Get this. He said, we see people coming across the border and they have all the tattoo signs of, of being an MS 13, 18th street gang, Crips, Bloods. He said, we know who they are, but we're not allowed to use that as a basis to do anything to obstruct their entry. So instead, he said they go through the processing facilities. He said, unless Interpol informs us that a person is a gang member or whatever who's committed crimes, we're not allowed to, to prevent them from going into the United States. He said, he said, as a consequence, every day we know we are the transport vehicle for gang members and terrorists to come into the United States. And he said... This makes us sick," he said. When I he said when when during the the Trump years, he said we would have in a month we might catch 500, 600 illegal aliens. We had all these patrols, and we thought you know it's it's a drop in the bucket, but at least we're doing something. We're actually arresting people and kicking them out of the country and getting bad people out and interdicting some of this drug trafficking and so on. He said now if we get twenty a month because we only have one guy out there. We're, we're considering that, oh, well, you know, it's something. The fact is, there's no protection, Robert. Mm -hmm. That whole San Diego sector of CBP, 
there's no there's no protection for the United States. I want to think about human compassion now, because that's often uh, propagandized because Republicans are xenophobes and they hate foreigners. Of course, it's an absurdity to uh, equate wanting to protect your borders immediately to that. And now the Democrats that are going down there, uh, Bobby Kennedy now is looking to declare as an independent because the Dems won't even let him run fairly, not a surprise. But then again, the establishment parties are are known to kind of keep out anybody that has a lot of independence about them. But the recognition that this is a crisis that is artificially created, it is not compassionate to just allow people to flood over with no background, with no, you know, nothing. And then even if they're being given a travel by NGOs and a few bucks from the taxpayer money, what happens when they land wherever they land? Do they even have a, a knowledge, a working knowledge of what this country is founded upon? Or do they then expect the entirety of the United States to care for them because they've gone over illegally? And what other country do you know of has open borders like this? The degree of inhumanity, cruelty, and abuse of people that this administration is condoning and effectively serving as a partner in the with the cartels in achieving is unbelievable. Every single person who is coming across that border has been subject to ransom, forced to pay the cartels outrageous sums, way beyond what oftentimes their annual earnings are. In addition, they're abused, they're beaten, they're mistreated, their, their kids are taken, frequently they're sexually accosted. The women are almost always raped. They have inhumane conditions. They, many of them die in transit. This is what Biden is doing. He's turned over American immigration policy to criminal cartels that are exploiting people, their desperation, robbing them, physically assaulting them, and discarding them, murdering them. This is what he is allowing to happen. And this is a mass human tragedy caused by him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is not a natural occurrence. This is induced, as you said, by policies specific to end in disaster, uh, because at this point, it's clear that anybody that's arguing for these open borders is arguing for the you know accelerated demise of what's left of this country. Uh, we talk about the principles of, of individual liberty at the starting point. Uh, in, 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 you know, arguably, uh, as Ron Paul has said, you know, you, you, you can't have open borders when you have a welfare state. It's one thing to have a country that's rooted in freedom, that actually embraces it, that would allow people to come in that are here to, to do good things, to contribute as opposed to just take. And that's not what we have right now. So, again, the argument that if you don't want open borders, you're a xenophobe, that's just absurd. And I don't think that's flying even with the Democrats right now. It's just so absurd. So, again, moving forward, what else can be done as Biden is playing a game here saying, oh, well, I've released some taxpayer funds to build the wall. What? I don't know, a foot or two. You showed a gap that was huge when you were down there in the San Diego area that it's it, it could only be on purpose. That's not an accident. You have a hole that wide on the Mexico side and the American side. This whole administration is there. Yeah. It is. yeah. You look at that expanse. All right. That's where they come through. Right. Massive territory. That's where they come through every single night. 
And the and the point here is, Robert, there is no effort, serious effort whatsoever to protect Americans' property, Americans' rights, Americans' liberty. There's no vetting of these people coming across. So we don't know what their intentions are. The people coming across are not required to pledge allegiance to the United States. They still remain foreign nationals. Many of them are still loyal to a foreign country. Many of those countries are enemies of the United States. Actual people on the terrorism watch list, over 150 of them, have been allowed to go across the border because we have no border defenses. And that's an estimate from people who were gotaways. But the reality is it's much, much greater, Robert. The, uh, when I was talking to the CBP people down there, they said, you know what? These estimates of the number of people coming across, they are so conservative because they, don't, they, they are a fraction of the universe. He said, with their heat sensing equipment and all this sophisticated equipment they have at the border, he said the federal government has a fairly good in, idea of what the numbers are. But he said, um, they're not giving us those numbers. He said, we don't get those numbers, even for our own sector. All that information goes to Washington. They then tell us. So you got a corrupt administration. They're, they're, the only reason why there's any attention at all is becomes because of some reporting, like Fox reporting at the border, where people physically see that there are a whole bunch of people, 10,000 people in an hour or whatever, pouring across. They realize this is out of control. And then people in their own communities, right? So here we are in Virginia. The crime, the number of uh, illegal aliens in engaged in drug trafficking and gangs in Virginia has escalated dramatically and all the sex trafficking going on, the Virginia schools is outrageous. And largely it's driven by illegal immigration. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, it's the gangs coming across the Southern border that keep continuously supplying fresh blood into these gangs all across the United States and particularly in the suburbs outside major urban areas and they are destroying our country. They are, they are, it literally is a case of raping and pillaging and abusing. And to say otherwise, to presume that, oh, this is just normal fluctuation and crime patterns. Are you kidding me? You this, would think that. This is a ticking time bomb, Robert. Yeah. It, it, you would, not only that they're having all this crime happen now, mm -hmm. it's all of the things that are gonna come and happen in the future. You think over 150 terrorists on our soil uh, is not a threat to our existence. No. And one of the biggest threats is, you know, the economic disaster that this poses on top of many other economic disasters due to these policies. Uh, I look at uh, this article uh, about a U.S. senator. We, we got to get you in the U.S. Senate, Jonathan, to counteract this nonsense. Senator Michael Bennett, a Democrat out of Colorado, said he is definitely willing to shut down the government if a bill to keep it open doesn't include what? funding for Ukraine. In other words, he's more concerned about Ukraine and their borders than our own. And look, I'm not opposed to the government shutdown because in many ways you find out how non-essential many of the services are and they usually keep the basic ones running. But the idea of shutting it down because you're not funding something in Ukraine as opposed to the needs back home, this guy should be run out on a rail in Colorado, even if even by leftists on that accord. But they've all, I guess, thrown their lot in with Ukraine as opposed to America. And what a scam that is. I mean, you're talking about 
hundreds of billions of dollars being poured in recklessly without any adequate accountability with corruption happening right and left, hundreds of millions going out the door in corrupt uh, exchanges. And, and, and where there's no end in sight. I mean, they have no plan. There's no strategy. What is the foreign policy of the United States beyond just simply dumping money? If you can figure yeah. that out from the Biden administration, you know, good for you because they can't figure it out. Jonathan, and, you know, the strategy partly, at least as it's I've heard it elucidated a little bit is, hey, can we bleed Putin down to make him spend more money? But as the BRICS countries abandon the Federal Reserve, no dollar as the world reserve currency, we're the recipient of the destruction of the economy, not so much Putin, which still has access to selling oil to the, all of these countries that now we're losing because of the stupid foreign policy decisions of the Biden administration. This is not strategic. This is ignorant. And let me let me explain. You, you know, Putin is going to be able to continuously finance this war effort so long as the receipts that they get from the sale of their primary uh, uh, resource, which is oil and gas, uh, continues unabated. So they're selling oil and gas, 99% of which funds their economy. Without the oil and gas sales, they don't have an economy. Their primary purchaser is the West, principally Europe. All right. <clears throat> the smartest thing to do would be to cut off the funding for them, not dump all our resources and all our tax dollars right. on another country. Moronic. We have yeah. our own border crisis, when we have our own economy in a shambles, when we have our own difficulty in protecting our own national security and building up our own defense, pumping out all that money to the Ukraine in an endless, endless commitment, Robert, mm -hmm. this is not going to end well for the United States. It might help Ukraine, but what is it going to do for the United States? So the solution to that problem mm -hmm. is other side, which works well, which is get liquefied natural gas depots all throughout Europe, get American oil and gas pumped to Europe, sell yeah, it, exactly. and then have us be enriched by that, have energy independence again, mm -hmm. and national security as a result. And then Putin would be cut off of the money that he needs to finance. Right. And, and then you have an ability to, to do what you claim you're doing by destroying our own country in the process. And you would actually strengthen us in the process and by doing you, what you're right, describing. If you yeah. if you create an economic miracle in the United States by lowering regulation, lowering taxes, creating an economic boom here that is substantial, you would have the resources to invest in a military that was second to none, that would not be po posed uh, as a a loser in a long-term battle against the Chinese would be a winner. And, and that would itself create a huge deterrent, give us more power in negotiating a resolution. Right. So this, they, they, they see us as a weak sister. Right. Who's Based on what Biden's says, doing. The weakest fool I've ever encountered. Jonathan, and I got a question. Our lunch all the way through this. I got another question for you because this goes to the heart of DOD and Pentagon. Where are the, the let's say, the advisors to the president to say this is a stupid decision. We're destroying and weakening our country and our military. We're sending all of this equipment and, and all this over. And 
Where are we going to get the money to replenish and replace it other than to print more from the Federal Reserve to destroy the dollar even further? And as more of these so-called BRICS nations say, we're not taking the dollars, that exported inflation comes back home and weakens us even further. Where is there's do they not see the art of war being played against them from within? Robert, this is a drop in the bucket compared to the money we are dumping into illegal aliens coming into the United States. Do you realize every single illegal alien who comes across that border, all perhaps 20, 30, 40 million of them, each one gets eight months of federal funding benefits. Each one gets cash when they come across the border through the processing center. And each one gets all of these things, free legal care, free medical care. Who's paying for all that? We are. We're talking about trillions, Robert. Trillions, again, with no end in sight. No end in sight to the money to Ukraine. No end in sight to the money to illegal aliens. We are. We have created, with our open border policy, we have made the United States the welfare agent of the world. Mm-hmm. And well, we, this... Yeah. Is, you know, so put it all together. What do you got? Massive bleeding of federal funds into the marketplace. And you've got inflation ripping and roaring. And you've got a destruction of the marketplace. And you know what's so horrible about this, Robert? This is planned. Yes. That, this, this is not an accident. You can't be this stupid, you know, to be there in Washington and not see that you're destroying your own country, which tells me that, as some have argued, that we have what two parties not democrats and republicans but we got globalists among both parties and those who are actually for america and trying to rein this in and restore the integrity of our, not only our borders but a functional economic policy that doesn't end in our destruction these craven people who are running this country joe biden being foremost among them because he's willing to sell out the entire united states for his own financial benefit and that of his family these people do not care that they are hurting us obviously they don't they've not they've not uttered a peep about even a, even a voice of sympathy about all the people who've lost property have lost lives because of the invasion taking place at our borders. How many people have had their lives utterly destroyed, their businesses ruined, their property overrun? How many people have had gang violence because of illegal aliens here? How many people have died, have been raped? Where is the, uh, is there any word whatsoever from this administration of even sympathy for American citizens? No. So we're, we are the, the lowest level of concern because we're not even a concern. And the top level of concern for them is to keep those borders open, keep those buses shipping people all across the country, keep them with money in their pockets, with food stamps in their pockets, with welfare, with free education, with free legal care, with these incentives? Do you think for a minute that building a few feet of border wall is going to be able to compete with those kinds of open incentives of welfare 
to the world, Robert, to the world. We are depleting our resource base so fast, we're turning over the whole United States to the rest of the world. We are destroying our own national security. We are destroying our own economy. We are destroying Americans' rights. We are destroying their lives and their liberties, all to finance a global welfare state. Right. What of these globalists among both establishment parties? Because I'm not, you know, we've never shied away from calling out some of the Republicans that are doing this or participating. Uh, They're, what, enriching themselves, much like Biden and his family have done. Those in the Pentagon that are supporting this, the Department of Defense, enriching themselves through what Eisenhower said about the military-industrial complex. We've talked about the medical one, the pharmaceutical one, how it has made billions and hundreds of billions uh, through COVID, through the capturing of our agencies and the funneling of money to things that are unproven, clearly proven now to be unsafe and not effective. And so there are so many factors of uh, a, a kind of an accelerated demise as you've said, Constitution hanging on by a thread that we have got to act faster than ever before. And I'm not someone that, that, that is prone to hyperbole in these things. Every year you hear a lecture, every two or four years you you say these things. But uh, it's clearly closer to a precipice of no return than ever before based on, again, the economics, which you keep key and point out all of these policies that destroy the economic integrity of a country will destroy the country itself. Yeah, when you go to the border like I did, Robert, what you see is a nation that is not defending itself. What you see is appalling. You see criminals coming across. You see gang members. You see people intent on injuring Americans. You see people intent on robbing us, on hurting us, on killing us, being ushered in to the country by this government. You have people who are really... The, the salt of the earth, great American patriots who are in the CBP, who are humiliated, who are mistreated, who are realizing over and over again, every day when they put on their uniform and the badge, they realize they are being called to serve a foreign national empire that wants to invade this country and take it over. And the government of the United States is enabling them. And they're disgusted by it. And they're appalled by it. And they fear for our country like no one else does. They see it happening. They know the terrorists are coming across. They see the Chinese nationals who are members of the Communist Party, who are members of the PLA, coming across. They know they're PLA members. They know that they're creating an army within the United States. They see these things. They know that any objection that they have will not be heard by Mayorkas and by the, their leadership in Washington. They can say anything. They can say, we are being shot at. They can say, we are defenseless. They can say, the border is being overrun. They can say, we have seen 150 people who we believe are gang members who came across the border today. It doesn't matter. There's no response. They do the same thing every day process the illegals into the United States, give them cash, give them, sign them up for welfare, sign them up for food stamps, get them onto the bus, get the NGOs giving them money to fly wherever they want, to go by bus wherever they want. 
This is the way you destroy a country intentionally. If you want to, if you're in a, a, a republic and people have to be elected and you want to do something very clever and you want to destroy this country, but you don't want to talk about it, what do you do? You do this clandestine operation. They don't allow the public into those massive human processing tents. The reason is if you went in there, you would be appalled because if you look into the pods in there, mm-hmm. you see these people with the with the, the gang's uh, tattoos all over their body. You see them with gang tattoos on their face. And can they be stopped? No. The CBP has to let them in. This is well, crazy. What can you do uh, in the U.S. Senate to counter uh, the Biden administration, who has a, a apparently, what, how much more time? <laughs> uh, a year and a half. Yeah. So, I mean, look, the first thing we have to recognize is that we have corruption within the government itself, within the Justice Department, within the FBI, within the Department of Homeland Security. We have layer upon layer in DHS of people in the leadership and now in the bureaucracy who are interested in Soros kind of open borders. And they will they will defeat any change, any legislation that goes through them. They'll defeat it. They will keep this border open no matter what. And here's how you solve that problem. You have to leapfrog past the federal government, decentralize, send block grants to the states, have the border states hire more National Guard with those block grants, hire more state police and get the forces out. And then you invoke Article 1, Section 10 of the Constitution as part of this legislation, which enables the states to protect themselves against invasion. And you declare this an invasion and you give the states the power under Article 1, Section 10, which is a war power. And what does that mean? They can arrest, detain, and eject out of the United States any illegal entrant. And then in addition, what you do is you fundamentally change the nature of the asylum laws operating now, which are designed to bring people in, and you make them so that no one can seek entry into the United States illegally. Uh, And if they do that, they are permanently barred from living here and becoming an American citizen, permanently. And then you allow them only to seek entry through their US embassy in their countries of origin or in an adjacent country, but not in the United States. And that then returns the process. And you take all the immigration judges that are now in the United States and you send them to the uh, border or to the uh, countries where U.S. Mm -hmm. embassies are and you have them work at the embassies so that the processing of illegals does not happen in the United States. This is how we solve it. And if we don't do this, we are, I mean, I'm talking right right now, the legacy of the Biden administration is going to be years and years of criminal activity, terrorist activity, violent crime, rapes, all sorts of things as a result of allowing the worst people on the planet who want to exploit us and our wealth to come in with no limitation. Yeah, and walk right in. All right, Jonathan, let's talk about the House of Representatives, what's going on in there. Kind of, I guess it's a vote of no confidence in a sense, uh, Kevin McCarthy as speaker. Um, I think that uh, you remember all of the votes it took to get him in to become the House uh, speaker. And I think it was because many of the freedom-oriented Republicans said, 
we don't want you doing this business as usual, you know, placating Democrats or Democrat policies or in this case, globalist policies. Uh, so it's come back to bite him because there were enough Republicans that said, we don't want this compromise on like these spending bills uh, that continue to, to bankrupt us. So now we got a question of, I think the two candidates they've been banding about uh, uh, Jim Jordan and uh, uh, Scalise right now. I don't know if that changes over time, but um, I don't know that this is a bad thing. I mean, if you if you want to change things up, you got to shake things up. And the argument is, oh, my gosh, this is chaos. It's like, well, maybe they do less harm to the American people while they're not voting on other things, perhaps while they're trying to figure out a speaker. But what's your perspective on what's happening there, the struggle that's happening? Look, we can't keep kicking the can down the road with these budget resolutions where we just extend the amount of money that the federal government is expending in right and left and no have no accountability, have no effort to balance the budget, have no effort to hold, hold or restrain spending. Tim Kaine introduced legislation that he uh, that this under this legislation, there would not be a possibility of a closure of the government. In other words, the government would be funded no matter what it did to the economy. Hmm. And this is his bill. So you would never have this. All right, well, of course that's nonsense. But in addition to this reality of you've got to stop this gravy train, you have got to stop the hemorrhaging of federal dollars. We have got to be grown-ups and balance the budget. We have to have a serious argument over spending in this country because we're spending ourselves to oblivion, $33 trillion in national debt. Would you wait, next year it'll be $35 trillion in national debt. We have over a $2 trillion deficit. All right, this is the crisis that some members of Congress, particularly in the Freedom Caucus, take very seriously. They don't want to mortgage the future of every child born in America and every child, son and daughter of, of every family in America. We don't want to mortgage their future. And so as a result, we're insisting on budget uh, 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 debate and resolution and not these continuing resolutions where they say we're just going to keep spending and spending and spending and spending. And so that's what McCarthy got himself in trouble with because he bent to in the direction of just extending extending the deba the debate over the budget rather than raising the spectacle very clearly and sounding the alarm that this spending is going to destroy the United States this spending is causing inflation people are hurting because of this we're talking about gas prices and food prices through the roof and you're going to fuel inflation by not having the government restrain its spending the American people are restraining their spending. They have no choice. Their spending power is being eaten alive by inflation. So look, this is the time for these fools who keep pouring the money into the economy and causing the inflation to become responsible for a minute. But they won't become responsible for a minute if the Republican Party leadership doesn't hold their feet to the fire and McCarthy wasn't willing to do it. So that's McCarthy's problem. That's why he's no longer the Speaker of the House. And here's the thing. This is a message to every future speaker, which is to say that the American people, as reflected by their representatives who are attuned to what they want, expect Congress to live like they do and balance the budget. Mm -hmm. 
And that means cutting government spending. That means all of these perks and all of that bloated, you know, all, all of the earmarks and all of the stuff, they, the special deals, all this stuff that they've done for their cronies, this has got to end. And well, so we it. have to reduce the size and scope of the federal government substantially. And that means that government is going to have to be not just trimmed, but cut. Yeah. And that means that we're going to have to get rid of departments and agencies. And this is because the future of our country depends on it. I want a free market flourishing. I don't want a free market that is absolutely struggling under this massive parasite called government sucking every bit of its life's blood out. I don't want a massive bloated government with bureaucrats who don't do anything other than feed themselves and, and on our expense. I don't want that. I want a vibrant free enterprise economy where my kids and your kids and everybody in the future can have an opportunity to make something productive, be a person of value in the community and benefit financially as a result of what they do in helping exactly. other people. That's what the market does. If well, you're a bureaucrat, what, it, what you do is you try to minimize the amount of work that you do every day. Mm -hmm. If you keep getting less and less. So you, you leave Washington around 3 p.m. You go in there maybe 9, 10 o'clock. You end up leaving at 3 p.m. You come home and you spend the rest of the time doing whatever you want, but you don't uh, actually earn your keep. Most bureaucrats in Washington are working less and less and less. That is good in the sense that if they worked more and more and more, we'd all be enslaved. Mm. But less and less and less, and they get paid more and more and more. And then there are more of them. And, Jonathan, you know, it's just a disaster. I got to remind everybody about this history book that you wrote, <laughs> The Authoritarians. Uh, I think a big part of what we're talking about, and we've been doing this together for years on the air each and every week, and you've dedicated your life to these things as have I in our, in our own unique ways. But it's a, it's a spiritual crisis, fundamentally, spiritual immaturity. You know, how do people go into government and believe that they are there to enrich themselves, to bankrupt the people or to promise them free stuff or, you know, fractions of the stuff they get for free to others to breed again, dependence, weakness. And this is not the spirit of America, which was one of, Hey, I want to live in freedom. I want to, you know, live and die by my own means. And it doesn't mean we can't get help, but through freedom, through choice, through agency, through, through charity, not government handouts. Uh, and we have weakened ourselves by believing the lie that something can be gotten for nothing. Now, I acknowledge, again, people can be kind and loving and gifting and charity. I mean, that exists, but government is not charity. Government is force. Government is theft. And we have plenty of founding fathers that warned us about this and the things that they read about. So uh, to understand the progressive era from the 19th century to today, if you haven't picked up this book, The Authoritarians by Jonathan E. Morty, you, you might not know of how we got here. This, you know, Biden didn't just appear and be elected. You know, he's been in government for decades, of course, in various different ways. But his belief about taking from the people by bankrupting the government, but the thought is, hey, it'll happen after my watch, you know, he's old. He probably doesn't even know what numbers are anymore. So we have to ask, uh, uh, you know, for people who decide to run, or if you decide to elect people who are running to find out, are they mature adults, <laughs> you know, like Jonathan Emore that recognize responsibility is not only a, a, a you know, a, a, an economic, you know, imperative, but a spiritual one as well. 
And that means, you know, men and women of good moral character or having some level of ethics on some level that they follow and abide by their oath of office, the Constitution that they swear an oath to do. And if they are collectivists, if they're Marxist and socialist and communist in reality, you pointed this out. They're violating their oath of office just by taking the oath when they don't even mean it. And we see enough of that. And again, this is not only a Democrat Party issue, as we see a lot of these Republicans like McCarthy willing to sell out the future of America for convenience to self-aggrandize and say, hey, I got to be speaker or people that you're facing. You know, there was an article about the the hung cow guy in Natural News talking about, you know, all of the things he's embellishing. It's like he just wants another medal or prize to become U.S. senator, not to actually reinvest in what America is founded upon and awaken that spirit in America and call to the carpet those who are denying that reality and are willing to sell everybody out for their own richness or whatever reward or award they think they they need or want or deserve. Your point about the the spirit of America is very important. You know, I believe that most Americans like me love their country. They love the United States. They love us because we are a free country. They believe in freedom. They believe in individual liberty. They want a future better for their children than they have for themselves. They appreciate that government is not the answer, that government is the problem. Most people accept that. Most people, I think, in America are aware of that and appreciate that. And here's the, here's the problem. We're being run by people who disagree fundamentally with everything I just said, by people who do not love this country. I'm telling you, they can say it, they can mouth platitudes about it, but you don't destroy the thing you love. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're doing. So we need people from the population like us to rise up in the face of this crisis and defend our interests, rights, and the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution is hanging by a single thread presently. It is a situation that is dire. It is a situation that if we don't solve this crisis within the next few years, we are going to see our lives fundamentally change. And this is the last best hope for freedom on earth. And when it's extinguished here, you will find it nowhere else. It is not in existence anywhere else in the world. Our precious constitutional republic, where our rights come from God, not from government, and where our rights are protected from government, and where the government itself was instituted for the very purpose of protecting our rights, that exists nowhere else, Robert, nowhere else. And so it is a precious thing that is worth to live and even to die for. And so what I'm hoping is that Americans realize this, they rise with me and they fight to save our country against the radical left that is interested in destroying it. And we retake the the reins of power and then we rapidly work to reinstitute the limits on government power that the founding fathers intended be a part of our constitutional republic and that we work to dramatically reduce the size and scope of the federal government. We cut government spending dramatically. We reduce taxation dramatically. I want a flat tax. I want a flat tax at 10%. I want a flat tax that applies only when you've earned $100,000 or and then upwards you would be always taxed at no more than 10%. And the reason why I say that is that 
and this is not a permanent situation because when we finally reduce the size and scope to the government where it should be, then even that should be able to be alleviated. But the point is, we have to go through a transition. We're living in a worst scenario environment because of the profligate government spending that has happened decade after decade and all of the abuse of power that has come about very much so in the last few years during the Biden administration. So we can do this. We are a great people. We are not going to be like the Bolsheviks, the, excuse me, like it was in the Bolshevik revolution where people were sympathetic with the ideals of the Bolsheviks, but did not ultimately want to live in communism. But they sat there, Robert. They sat there and didn't fight the Bolsheviks. They sat there until the day arose when the Bolsheviks broke down their doors, came in and strung them up by their own chandeliers, hang them and kill them. And that's because they didn't move from the Tea Party to the revolution against the revolution. Mm. We've got to be in a position where the revolution that they're trying to foment in our great country is extinguished by our numbers, our power, our interests, and by our invocation of the Constitution of the United States and our demand that it be adhered to. Yeah. It was Jefferson who said, let us bind down men by the chains of the Constitution. That is needed more now than ever before. Yeah, amen. I mean, this is a, a you know, I, I don't like to do a doggy downer show, you know, but the seriousness, uh, I don't think can be exaggerated about what we're discussing here. And the reason why, I support my friend Jonathan Emore and urge you to do so. I know many of you do and have contributed uh, to the campaign for the United Thanks. States Senate for Jonathan Emore at emore4va.com. We've got a number of events coming up. Uh, the big one uh, is next weekend, the 14th and 15th, Saturday, Sunday in Chicago or outside of Chicago at, at Tinley Park Convention Center. And you can still get tickets to attend. And we'll, we're going to have amazing folks there. Jonathan always opens it up beautifully. Uh, and it's the Health Freedom Expo, trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my good friend, our good friend, uh, Bobbery Oren, who also supports Jonathan, uh, who has a wonderful, wonderful dietary supplement that I think is so, well, I know it's so profound. It's helped my mom get back on the dance floor at 89 years of age. If you check out Folium products, foliumpx.com, and he'll be there. I've encouraged him to come too. So so he'll be there joining us as well as supporting Jonathan Emord uh, at the Health Freedom Expo. Uh, I have a weekend event coming up as well, and there are others, but uh, there's so much. You check out the upcoming events tab. Jonathan, I don't see anything on your website right now as far as events in the Virginia area, but I know you've been so busy. Are you taking a, a day or two down to, before you retool and get back out there? or what's, what's No, not really. Around? We're doing all sorts of things. Um, there are events happening, and we were putting a lot of them up on the on the website, but it got so many. We had so many, and it became a distraction. People didn't know which one to go to. So what we've done <laughs> is we've, we've honed it down, and what we're doing is we're trying to pick special events, obviously ones that are happening outside the state. We're not putting those up there. We could. I mean, for example, we could put the Health Freedom X. We'll actually have them do that just to help Julie mm -hmm. get more publicity. So I'll have them yes. do that. But really, uh, we it, this campaign is endless, Robert. I just came back from a campaign event before the show. I was at a campaign event last night. I spoke at an event with a lot of people who were about 35, 40 people of the local area here. And we've been downstate. We came back from an event in Lynchburg recently. 
Uh, we have events planned for down there. The Turning Point USA uh, events are also coming. Uh, I'm speaking at some five Turning Point USA events at college campuses across the East Coast. Uh, thanks to Turning Point USA. We had one in San Diego, it was very successful. So there's a lot going on. Um, we're also working on uh, new management within our campaign. And as a result, um, we will, we'll be having different things happening, which I think you're gonna like to see. They're gonna be a lot more videos. They're gonna be a lot more postings. Uh, these things are all happening. And um, I, I'm excited, Robert, because we're seeing a very strong movement for our campaign all across the state. We've got one event coming up on the, the uh, uh, 8th of November. We call it Signs Out. Mm -hmm. And what it means is everybody is going to put out on that day, on their property or on property they've got authority to put it on, uh, our signs, our campaign signs. So all of that's going to happen on one day all across the state. Uh, and it should be a, a really fantastic way to raise name recognition and encourage people to recognize that now that the state elections are over, the mm -hmm. focus is now on the federal election and getting our campaign in there to save Virginia and save America. So we're gonna we're working it, Robert. It's just not visible as much as it should be, perhaps. But well, I just want to make sure we know places to send people. Uh, also, uh, you you are on a lot of other media outlets during the week. You've been interviewed by a lot of uh, radio and and TV and online. Uh, new media interviews, and I think that's going well. Everybody that encounters you and interviews you, uh, is, if they don't already know you, are stunned by the integrity, you know, the the belief to your core. Every time I hear it, the resonate they resonate. It's like, wow, this is what we need, and uh, I'm I'm pleased to see you're getting out there. But uh, can't wait to see you at the Health Freedom Expo in less than it's like what eight or nine days away. Not this weekend, but next. But seeing you again, my friend. Yeah, we're going to we're going to do it. It's going to be amazing. So uh, love to Cheryl and the kids. And uh, uh, if anything's up between now and uh, the Health Freedom Expo, we'll be talking off the air about that to get it get it prepped and ready. Sounds good, Robert. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Jonathan. That's Jonathan E. Moore, the Sacred Fire of Liberty edition each and every week here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. And I'm so grateful for all of you uh, that you that you support him and or uh, just tell your friends about him because we need people like him in Congress, in the Senate, uh, and of course, at the localist of local level. And also remember the things we talk about principally uh, can and, and must be applied in your life, in my life, individually, to recognize the limitations on government and to not acquiesce when they exceed those limitations. And that sends a profound message uh, not only locally, but I think it ripples across the universe if we believe that energy uh, is real. And of course, if you've ever been low on energy, you know you want more of it. But when you take the time to uh, allow that energy that flows through you, that feeds you, and I think for many of you in this audience, freedom is that thing that energizes you. You find that the more you align with it, the more you have of it, rather than those that are trying to diminish your freedom, Therefore, diminish your energy, diminish, diminish your connection to the divine. As Jonathan mentioned, you know, your rights, they come from God, a creator, not government. And living accordingly is something that uh, for some of you say, well, it takes courage. I'm afraid to do it. Well, they count on your fear, 
the misplaced and displaced fear. Of course, the concern we would all have is for a government that can do anything it wants. That's why the founders, uh, you know, initially, you know, wrote and signed the Declaration of Independence and the Articles of Confederation and then the Constitution, because they recognize the forms of despotism and tyranny in all governments throughout recorded history were, I don't say failed experiments, but they were certainly evidence of centralized bureaucracies, empowering centralized bureaucracies, empowering men and women who might have been good going into government, realizing that once they get a taste of power, that they can become bad or they can exhibit, let's say, less than uh, desirable freedom supporting behaviors. And so our founders established in America a, a unique form of governance that would limit the power of a centralized bureaucracy so that even when inevitably men or women went bad in office, that they would be constrained and restrained by those that would defend that constitution because the constitution can't defend itself. The words on it, the paper that was written on can't defend itself. And this is time to step it up because if you don't now, you know, the things that you think are distasteful and having to stand against tyranny now uh, become bloody when you don't stand while you can still peacefully stand up for it to restore it. So anyway, that's the message here on the Sacred Fire Liberty edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. we got a whole other hour of broadcast healing to go. Uh, I've got another homeopathic hit, and it's a big one, a big hit, and it's a heavy metal hit. If you get my drift, if you want to know what it is, come on over to robertscottbell.com and check that out. Uh, see, hour two, James Egidio. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. First time on the show, medicaltruthpodcast.com. He's interviewed a lot of good folks. I know we we have a lot of interviews between us that uh, – are, are absolutely fantastic. So we're looking forward to have James on in the second hour. I've got some more announcements of upcoming events. Shout outs to those that uh, support this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty, like Nutritional Frontiers, where you can get your RSB 15 discount code active, even on sale items. So you can double dip on discounts. Uh, we also shout out to Orange Guard, orangeguard.com. Remember Tor McPartland, uh, he's got a EPA registered pesticide that is so safe it cures cancer. He can't say that, I can, because I know what delimiting is, a distillate from the orange peel, the citrus peel. And it's beautiful. It can eradicate the pests, the little bugs, the spiders, the ants, the roaches, without harming your animals, your kids, or yourself. And I've used it on in my greenhouse, which is all organic. Omri listed as well. So with that, again, check out orangeguard.com. You can get it at your local Ace Hardware or go direct. Uh, even Whole Foods carries it if you want to go there. And there's a whole lot more I got to share with you, but I'm out of time this hour. I'm going to take a quick pause education on on demand, I guess you could say here. All of the uh, archives available in the various podcast sites where we're not banned because we are banned on some, but there's plenty of other places to find the Robert Scott Bell Show. Please share it. And we'll be back in a moment because the power to heal is yours. What is masculine marketing for veganism? <laughs> That's a question maybe Super Don can answer this hour on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Also, we're going to be talking with James Egidio, uh, medicaltruthpodcast.com. You'll see the links in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. 
after another successful Sacred Fire of Liberty edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show Hour One with Jonathan Emord. Uh, speaking of, you know, sweating and saunas, I, I broke out the sauna, starting to get chilly for those of you in the Northern Hemisphere. And that's when I, I hit the sauna regularly to sweat it on out in addition to my kickboxing regimen. And if you haven't checked out the uh, relaxed saunas, we have a banner up for them. If you use the code RSB, you'll get $100 off. So take advantage of that and a whole lot more. As I mentioned, upcoming events, uh, there are a few tickets left for the Your Health Freedom Conference in uh, West Jordan, Utah, outside of Salt Lake. I'll be speaking there as to, as well some of my friends. Uh, let's see, Mickey Willis is going to be, I think, opening the conference there. Uh, Jared St. Clair, uh, my friend, is going to be on stage with me as well. I'll be interviewing folks. So we'll be having all kinds of fun things. Uh, looks like we'll be pouring cardio miracle shots for everybody, uh, as well as uh, silver and copper shots. Not injection shots you can take for your health. So that's coming up. The health. For, there, there we go. Look at that. 2023. There's the a gala and symposium. And let's see who else is on that list of folks. Jancy uh, Chun Lindsay, we've had on uh, as well. Uh, toxicologist and uh, just a great group of people. Pierre Corey is going to be there. And thanks to Kristen Chevrier for putting on another great event. And then again, we're out to Chicagoland area and a number of other events. In fact, there's some really interesting events out out of the norm for for me to attend. Not that I, I'm afraid of attending economically focused events, but you know, we're all about healing here, but I'm all about bringing the principles of healing into every area of our uh, life or lives. And that includes the body economic, the body politic, et cetera. We got the great Northwest awakening, the 21st of October. That's the week after the health freedom expo. And that's at Patriots, Patriots United WA for Washington, PatriotsUnitedWA.com. I'll be speaking there. Dr. Brian Artis will be there with me. That's going to be fantastic. Then we have the Functional Medicine Summit and Expo in Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona, November 3rd, 4th, and 5th, just following the F7 Film Festival. Uh, we got Dr. Jack Wolfson. We got Dr. Brian Artis. We got Dr. David Brownstein, Judy Mikovits, Dr. Dr. Thorpe, uh, Dr. Urso. I mean, what a lineup coming together. Dr. Ely. And I love to see in the desert. What a beautiful time to be in the desert, November 3rd, 4th, and 5th. And you, uh, if you have questions, you can send an email to Drs. Warner, DRS Warner at protonmail.com. And then an economically focused event that I've been invited to speak at. And I've just got confirmation I'll be speaking on two different topics. One uh, is on, uh, what did I what did I write here? Let me see if I can read this. This is my description for my first uh, lecture at that event at the Great Exodus in Dallas. Uh, let's see. It's gold as money, cash as currency, gold backs to the rescue. Uh, growing concerns about the crash of the U.S. Federal Reserve note dollar means interest levels in more stable forms of money are reaching urgent new, I guess, levels. But learn more about new form of legal tender that restores privacy and your ability to use gold as cash for everyday items, not just big ticket purchases. And this is especially important in light of the threats of impending central bank digital currency or currencies that will destroy what is left of privacy and freedom. So spendable gold can set you free. And I'll be talking about that. And, and the second day, I'm going to do a second talk on the noble metals, not as money, but as medicine. Yes, that's right. You heard me. Gold, silver, and copper, all three can work as medicine to prevent you or preclude you from needing the medicine of the sorcerers approved by the Fear and Death Administration, pharmacia, if you will. Uh, yeah, gold, silver, and copper can do that. So I'll be speaking on that. And I don't think many economic uh, forums have uh, allowed or even considered a topic like that. To talk about the three things that most people are familiar with that are also used as money, 
to be used as medicine. So I'm excited about that one. That's going to be happening November 11th and 12th at the Weston in South Lake, Texas. That's basically the Dallas area. So there'll be more to come. Please sign up for the newsletter at robertscottbell.com. It is free and we'll plug you into all the upcoming events and more. So thank you for that. Uh, all right, Super Don. So what is masculine marketing and how will it impact on veganism? <laughs> because I, I, I think of veganism as a very effete and feminine thing, although I have to acknowledge there are some vegan bodybuilders, so it's not all, you know, just cut and dried that it's all, you know, uh, you know, feminine uh, pursuit, so to speak. Uh, but what is this all about? Masculine marketing for veganism. Well, apparently uh, they, they, there's a study that was done to see if if they change the marketing of vegan foods, if it would make it more appealing to men, because apparently mm -hmm. men and vegan or vegetarian they don't seem to go together because uh, meat apparently is is considered masculine food. Okay. Look, um, there are a lot of women I know that eat meat. What about you? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I guess, you know, the reason why men aren't flocking to plant-based diets is because no one's told them that they're man, that it's manly enough. Oh, is that the reason? A apparently, oh, yeah. Gosh, darn so, it. If they had only convinced us it was manly, uh, we would be doing it. Look, I've transitioned through various forms of diets in my lifetime for health purposes. And there was a time where I was a uh, vegetarian. There was a time that I was even raw vegetarian. Uh, although I don't know that I ever went quote unquote vegan per se, but I, but will, you know, let's stop you right there real quick, sure. just because I, I, it, it bothers me. And maybe it's just mm -hmm. one of those things that I get hung up on, you know, mm -hmm. that, that I shouldn't just because I'm weird. Uh, but <laughs> uh, you know, people say vegan, Yeah, you know, and it's like, but I I'm thinking the, proper term would be vegetarian no no they, they isn't it differentiate between vegetarians and vegans they do what's yeah. the difference between a vegan i thought it to me i've always thought i guess wrongly yeah that you know vegetarian is somebody who, who, who has a plant-based diet or a focus point yeah on their eating vegan is the are the people that run out and like like burn down ranches and release cows into the wild and stuff because you know you know what i'm saying like the, yeah. the rescuers of it's more of a of a of a uh an ideology sure you know no, saving the animals thing. type thing yeah okay it's, yeah because vegetarians uh can eat dairy for instance and they're still considered vegetarians apparently right oh but vegans don't do that and really just, okay one, i guess one aspect I, of it I but guess you're right. I, there, right. there's a, a fundamental philosophical perspective on on animals not harming That's animals. Militant veganism, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Okay, and we're not picking on any of the vegans that are not, don't no, have not at all, dude. If look, you know what? If you want to eat veggie burgers and 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 stuff, whatever like that, that's entirely up to I, I you. I'm no this. Tofu is definitely not masculine. Just saying, you can't. I don't think you can win that argument. It's not. It's just not. Plus the, the estrogens from uh, soy, not a good thing. You know, there's something deeply satisfying about about cooking meat over an open flame. I, I don't know. It, maybe that's the, the tofu doesn't do it for you. huh? Something that a plant based substitute just can't replicate. Right. I just yeah. I, I, I just that's just me. Remember, of all the controversial topics we cover, apparently the choice of the right diet is the most controversial. <laughs> we found over the years you know we've got vegans in the audience we've got carnivores we've got everything in between and that tends mm. to get the most animus if you will uh going on uh but my perspective has always been find the diet that's right for you and and you know when we had um mary beth uh gonzalez on on sunday our conversation if you missed that it was a great hour conversation we did from the healing strong conference in houston 
Dr. Gonzalez was always about metabolic typing to find out what is the most ideal perfect diet, if you will, for you. And it wasn't the same for everybody. And this is where we go and get into problems where everybody has to eat this way. Everybody has to eat that way. It's like, no, if it's working for you, great. But if something's not working, really assess your diet because it might be something that you don't want to consider because philosophically you're opposed to eating animal uh, products, but your body might be telling you you need them. I'm just saying. And for those of you who are, are cursing me right now because you have a fundamental philosophy or religious view, please don't waste your efforts doing that. I support your freedom to choose a vegan diet if that's good and it works for you. But Robert, here's the, here's the issue I've got here is they want to try and market this so that people mm-hmm. like, like what, like they're going to like trick. They've done this already. Yeah. yeah. You, I've, you've heard my rant in the past. It's been a while since I've done the rant on the, on the, uh, the, the right. cauliflower rice or the cauliflower mm-hmm. pizza. You know, it's just like, it's not rice. It's cauliflower. You know, stop yeah. trying to, you know, you sit there and go, Oh, I just convinced myself. It's not really rice. Um, but it could be, it could be delicious. They're trying to figure out a way to try and, and market it. So that mm-hmm. guy, you know, guys would be attracted to it because, you know, yeah, I just, I can't picture. I mean, imagine like a bunch of guys standing around the grill and flipping portobello mushrooms and discussing, <laughs> you know, the latest <laughs> in soy protein <laughs> technology. You know I mean? That's just, it just doesn't come across as being very masculine or manly, but it doesn't yeah. have to be, I guess. Does it have to be? Well, here's yeah. the next question. Uh, can they, uh, let's say, focus more on feminine marketing to convince more women to eat bugs? Oh, now we're going back to Klaus Schwab. Right? Right? Because yeah. I, I don't know. I'm a guy. I don't want to eat bugs, but uh, our women Could eating bugs be masculine? Why pick feminine? Ooh, interesting. What about right. man? Right. These are fundamental questions we might not get an answer to, or we might. We have a new <laughs> guest on who might have answers to all of these questions. If you don't mind, let's bring him in. James. <laughs> you guys are too much. I thank, thank you so much, Robert, for having me on your show. James, I mean, you guys see you. Yeah, thank you. You guys haven't tried a, a bug burger yet? I mean, Klaus Schwab already said, come on, you got to eat, eat the bugs right now. Yes. I, I'm sure we've inadvertently eaten a, a fly or two, uh, opening our mouth with our, ha- our ha- heads hanging out the window. But I mean, those were the days. Those but, the days. you know, it's just funny. And it's that's also absurd. I mean, of all the controversial topics we've covered over the years, and I'm sure you've covered some too, being in the medical truth podcast arena. Sure. It's funny how when we talk diet, that rings up the most ire and angst and anger between various beliefs about what you should or shouldn't eat. Sure, sure. And it's interesting you say that because I did a little research before I came on today and uh, I was talking to your assistant there and there's several uh, athletes, high profile athletes that are actually vegetarians or Mm -hmm. at least 80-20, Tom Brady being one, uh, Serena Williams, Novak uh, Djokovic. Mm -hmm. So it's not uncommon, but I think the stigma has been attached for the longest time that vegetarians are, you know, walking around and, and, you know, they're champions of the environment and, you know, global warming and all that. And it's the furthest thing from the truth. Uh, me personally, I actually have been an 80, 20, uh, if you want to call it pescatarian. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I haven't lost any strength. I go in the gym five days a week. Uh, for the last 40 years consistently Mm -hmm. i'm 60 years old so uh no it's it's you don't lose your strength i think that's the stigma that's attached to it um however if they do away with meat and they 
uh, does that mean they also and usher in the bugs? Do they also do away with Bud Light? <laughs> <laughs> right? Or do they call it Bug Light at that point? Bug Light, exactly. Yeah. So how how long, James, have you been doing the Medical Truth podcast? Well, it's uh, about a year. I've been okay. doing it. Uh, it'll be what uh, since January of this year. What stimulated you to to pick it up and do it? I'm glad you are. We need more of these type of broadcasts. So what what was it that triggered you to go and do this? Okay, that's a good question. So my background is in in the medical industry. However, prior to that, um, backing up with uh, my degree in biology and chemistry and my passion for the medical industry, I bowed out of the uh, academic environment and got involved with the nutritional supplement industry back in the early 90s and developed the first herbal Viagra back in uh, 1991. And I was doing domestic uh, distribution through uh, uh, wholesalers, distribution companies, and uh, formed an alliance with a father and son team that were uh, very influential in the nutritional supplement industry. And I was doing the formulations and the marketing. It was uh, mail order back then. And <clears throat> I got out of that partnership on decent terms. And in 1995, I went back to finish the biology chemistry degree with aspirations to, to do cardiothoracic physician assistant work and applied to several schools in the midst of finishing the uh, degree. I had interviews with PA programs and uh, got rejected from those programs. Um, and I was at this crossroads with business experience in the nutritional supplement industry and the medical industry. And I had been in the, around the medical industry pretty much my whole life doing volunteer work as a 19 year old kid in an operating room where I lived in, in Vegas at the time. I lived there up until 2020. But anyway, needless to say, I says, I gotta do something. So in 1997, they were allowing physicians to uh, be reimbursed for medical house calls. So I says, I may as well launch a medical house call practice, hire physicians, and I was a hands-on practice manager. I did that for 12 years. We even experienced in 2003 and four SARS, sudden acute respiratory syndrome, which was mm -hmm. a COVID virus back then. And then, um, you know, that took me right up into my mid forties and I started and launched it. One of the first telehealth companies, uh, I was a direct competitor with Teladocs. And at the same time also launched a bricks and mortar practice because I transitioned out of the medical house call practice into the bricks and mortar, low cost, um, fee for service, uh, medical practice where I was saving patients thousands of dollars on medical services for imaging studies, labs and whatnot. And then, uh, 2020 came around, uh, and I just got married in 2020 or 19 for the first time at 56 years old. Mm. And, um, me and my wife had to move to Florida. We had to get out of there because of COVID and my stepson and all that. And I wanted to launch the Medical Truth podcast in 2020 when the uh, scamdemic or pandemic right. broke. Mm -hmm. And I was I had reservations about it because I knew there was something wrong at that time when, you know, it was announced and the way it was kind of rolled out with the media, uh, taking the narrative and running with it. And uh, of course you had the bureaucrats from the CDC and you had Anthony Fauci and you had um, 
the federal food FDA and, and all these, the World Health Organization taking control of the narrative and using the media as another pillar to that narrative and spending billions of dollars. It was probably the most uh, costly advertising campaign that was placed upon the taxpayers between COVID and the vaccine or the yeah. bioweapon. Well, into the benefit, not of the American people, but to enrich you know who and what. Uh, it's yeah. a good thing you didn't start in 2020. You'd have been banned before you begun. I mean, we, that's when we were heavily censored, banned, and deplatformed all through it, even though I, you know, I started in 1999 in radio. So it wasn't like we were starting something new at that point. But my gosh, the newness was the overt censorship as opposed to more subtle forms of censorship. Right, right. And and it, the thing is, is I just, what, back in February or March, you know, I set up all my social media accounts and I interviewed several guests that we've had on and you've had on in your show. And, um, you know, I put those episodes up on YouTube and I figured, well, okay, everything will be all right. I get a call from my um, social media guy and he says, he says, James, he says, you know, we got banned on YouTube. And I'm like, his name is Dallas. I go, great. That's awesome. That means I'm doing something right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's been a, a, a slow growth process, but it's been good. I'm, I'm meeting some really great people uh, to interview. Um, and it's just, it keeps me in the loop uh, sure. with um, the medical industry. So it's been, it's been a great journey so far. Fantastic. Now, do you have any events that are out and about it? You know, like I talk about upcoming events we list on my website because there's so much going on. And I, I try to encourage people, especially as a, uh, you know, a counter to what we experienced in the two or three years of the COVID craziness where they said, stay at home, don't interact. I mean, we were doing events even in the midst of that, not as many, uh, but defying all of the government orders to say we must uh, hide and, and, and fear one another. Um, that's part of it. And I love being able to deliver information every day like we're doing it. But sometimes we just got to get out there and show people we're not afraid and we're together. And that strengthens each of us. Yeah, I think where we're at now with this whole COVID thing. And I, you know, my sister asked me back in 2020, she says, well, because I still had the practice, the active bricks and mortar practice. And she says to me, well, how long do you think this is going to last? And I says, well, do you want me to tell you the truth or do you want me to lie to you? And she says, no, tell me the truth. I says, it's going to last as long as the media wants it to last. If they want it to last a year, it'll last a year, two years, three years. And my theory on it is that there's, um, on both sides, there's a a lot of money involved with this and it's never going to end. It's never going to end. It's going to, they're going to continue the narrative. They're going to continue to try to roll out vaccines. And I think they've been called on it. And I say they being the World Health Organization, the CDC, they all know, they all know what's going on. They, they know what they've pushed out to the public. And now they've, been, they've got a lot of naysayers and a lot of pushback, right? But they're also waving the shiny object as mm-hmm. distractions to distract people from what the real true narrative is, Yeah, you know? Uh, so th- there's a lot of information out there and, and I, I take it with a lot of it, a lot of it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Well, I think it's also, you know, in addition to how long the media wants it to continue, it's 
how long we're willing to put up with the garbage, the lies, the deception, the fraud, the limitations on our freedom. And, right. and that is something that I think the media starts backpedaling a bit when the people are like, nah, we're not playing along. So then they have to change their narrative to say, we're on your side. You know, we support you. But it's clear that they become an enemy to freedom and health freedom, especially. Yeah. Um, we know that uh, as much as doctors may mean well, the entirety of what we call the vaccine industrial complex really emerged big time in the 20th century, of course, in the, the latter or the you know, middle part of it on, on forward. And I'm, I'm meeting and talking with doctors more than ever before. They're looking back and going, you homeopaths and naturopaths and herbalists and chiropractors were right. It was never vaccines that made health better. You know, these things were, these diseases were on the way out. Morbidity was on the way out because of advances in sewage, sanitation, hygiene, other things that were happening in the 20th century. And, and, you know, this is something that, uh, the medical, man, so to speak, woman too, have to have to come to terms with that they bought lies. They believed deceptions and they were the authoritarians pushing something that was not validated by sound scientific principles, much less peer reviewed articles coming in based on uh, real placebo controlled studies. You know, you look right. back and you like all the people that said, you know what, you guys never did true placebo controlled studies on any of these things. And that's your gold standard. How do you say it's safe and effective? Right. And they would right. just shout us down and call us names. Now they're recognizing we were right. We were not exaggerating. I don't think they'll ever recognize that. I think that they want to continue this. I think when you get a guy like Bill Gates saying he wants to depopulate the world and 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 all this and this all this silliness, I I, I think for them they could care less about people's lives. They could care less. It's it's all about power. It's all about money. It's all about ushering in the new technologies that are behind a lot of this, especially with the M mRNA vaccine, which is not a vaccine. It's a poison. We know yeah. that people have been, I know personally eight people that, that died from the vaccine. I don't know anyone that died from COVID, not one person, not one. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then when you hear about people that died in the hospital, right? Well, you weren't allowed to go into the hospital. So we don't even know what they died from. I interviewed Dr. Scott Jensen, who, who, who they, basically wanted him to falsify death certificates oh, yeah, in Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota, right? right exactly. Run, running for office. We had him on early on and a man of great integrity. And you know, even he, as he's trained allopathically, didn't realize the extent, the depth of the depravity within his own profession. And that's my Absolutely. point. Some of those with integrity are waking up and seeing what I'm, what I'm pointing out. But as you, right. you, I agree with you, as a whole, the institutions of medicine can't afford to acknowledge it because their very survival depends upon the bullying of those of us who have pointed this out for years or are now even as medical physicians out there pointing it out, they have to attack them too. Yeah, and the thing too is uh, there's been a lot of courageous people that came forward, nurses, uh, Overton. Uh, Kimberly Overton, uh, yes. Kimberly Overton, uh, 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 the gal that wrote the book, uh, Courage, uh, uh, can't remember her name, but it, there's a lot of people that came forward and they had to give up their careers. I have a friend right now. He's a cardiac, cardiac, uh, cardiac pedi uh, pediatrician, mm -hmm. um, cardiologist, and um, he's he's getting a lot of flack from his colleagues uh, because he's not vaccinated, uh, you know. And he's just, you know, he's beside himself. But he's like, I got to get out of this. He's up against the wall. He's he's being scorned by his his colleagues. So it's just not a good thing. You know, and this is where we're at. 
in the in the medical industry. And then, you know, you have Scott Shara, whose mm -hmm. daughter was murdered in a hospital. Yeah. I mean, you can't even trust going to a hospital anymore. No, and, and the thing is, there are appropriate times to go to a hospital. You know, even as a homeopath, I acknowledge what allopathic medicine can do in a uh, disastrous, you know, accident or a, a gunshot wound. These things uh, do require, for the most part, some level of allopathic intervention. But you're right. right. There are people that are genuinely afraid and, and legitimately afraid to go to a hospital for even the right reasons. Right, right. And it's because of what has happened. And, uh, you know, the, the hospitals were the killing fields before this, but they become more overtly that during COVID. So I ask you, be guided by prayer as well in this context, because sometimes it's not enough to be mentally smart. You know, it's right. like, where do I go? You got to be guided because there, there's stuff happening that's, you know, beyond, again, mental constructs here as well. Yeah. We're talking with James and and the last name, E-G-I-D-I-O. I've never seen that last name before. Egidio. What's the origin of that? That's Italian. It's actually a first name in Italy. Uh, my wife's from Italy, uh, by the way. But yeah, that's an Italian name. Uh, it's, a, like you said, a first name in Italy. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. it's a, it must not be that common. It's definitely not like no. Smith in America. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, cool. The Medical Truth Podcast. How often do you broadcast? Um, as much as I can. I uh, have become uh, focused with sev several platforms, one being Substack, which I where I could be found and also on Rumble because of the whole censorship right. thing, which is so frustrating. Um, so that's where I'm at. I can be found on Substack. Also on medicaltruthpodcast.com is the website, medicaltruthpodcast.com. We have that linked up and, and uh, you can show there's Super Don showing you. We have it linked up in the show notes today, uh, the 5th of October, 2023, robertscatbell.com. The Medical Truth Podcast is linked up as well as, uh, what is the, the name of your Substack? It's uh, Medical Truth Warrior. So it's, I, I'm not, I, I don't even have that memorized. I do want to add one thing, and this is something sure. I parrot a lot in a lot of my episodes, and it's especially when it comes to this vaccine. And you made a really good point with Jonathan uh, when you were interviewing him, is we have a God-given right to choose what we want to do with our bodies, right? So this is where mm -hmm. it's my body, my choice. It's a God-given right. And I tell people time and time again, take the politics out of this. Take the politics out of this vaccine. Uh, you know, the, the the pressure that's being put on you. I mean, because I got to say, there hasn't really been one person, not even uh, Donald Trump, who stood up for, you know, not taking the vaccine. You know, he to this day still pushes it. And uh, so you have a God-given right. It's your body. It's your choice. And when it comes to that, that's what we have to realize. Mm -hmm. So take the politics out of that. Yeah, well, this is a fundamental, let's say, abandonment of what I'd call baseline. Where does freedom come from? Where does it originate? Is it just an idea that's old and we got to abandon it because it's too dangerous? Or is it our fundamental state of being that God created us in his image, not necessarily physically, but spiritually Absolutely. to have the freedom that we were granted by virtue of our very existence? And of course, men have tried to limit freedom and enslave people since there's been history recorded. And right. the experiment we talk about called America is one that is not guaranteed to exist forever in perpetuity, unless we stand up like our founders had said and defend it. 
uh, and defended against those who would go into government to usurp the freedom that our founding documents were written to protect but couldn't do it on their own. We would have to stand up against the bureaucrats, those who would be authoritarian in their agendas and the way they want to use government to prohibit us from making the freedom of choice, if you will, of what goes into our bodies and our kids' bodies or not. Right. And I've even proposed, and this is in a perfect world, which we don't live in at all, not even close and never will, uh, but is a constitutional pledge for anybody that runs for any office on any side of the political spectrum. And if they can't, they have to actually sign that, that constitutional pledge. Mm-hmm. And if they breach that, they get charged with treason. That, right. That's what I propose. Well, and that, that's why and, I was talking about the oath of office. Technically that's supposed to be like that, but you right. want to make it that they have to write it down so you can hold them to, you know, their feet to the constitutional fire, so to speak. Uh, and that would be wonderful. But right now, I don't think the majority of people that take an oath to to defend the Constitution even know what's in it. No, no, they don't. And they're bought and paid for by these big corporations. And we're in the middle of it. And I always say, united we stand, divided we fall. It's, 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 it's the people. It's us. There's more of yeah. us than there are of them. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, whoever them far. is, there's more of us than them. And you, like you said, John, with Jonathan, freedom is not free. Okay. There's yeah. going to be a price to be paid for freedom now. Have and you I interviewed Jonathan on your podcast? You should have him on. No, I have not. It'll be terrific. Now you don't, you may not know this, but he's beaten the FDA back a world record eight times in court. Nobody has even come close. Yeah. He knows what they're all about. He knows how to defeat them, but he realized that they, they flout the law, even the judicial, you know, decisions. And so he says, I got to do better. So he's decided to run for the Senate to defeat Tim Kaine in Virginia. And he's got a good opportunity to do it as as things are shifting there in Virginia. Now they have a, a Republican governor as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have to we have to we have to unite as people in this country. I know we're so there's so much division right now. And I think this is intentional, too with the politicians who who do this. And this is on both sides. Both sides have been guilty of this. It's the same thing with the with the illegal immigration thing, right? They've they've used the 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 people who immigrate as a voter base, right? On one side. So they're being used as like political pawns for a sick and twisted game on both sides of the political spectrum. So our both sides of our political spectrum are 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 guilty of this. And one thing President Trump did do was he stood up for illegal immigration and had a tough stance on that, right? And if a country without borders is not a country. Exactly, yeah. Under the law of nations, you cannot exist without actually having borders and your willingness to defend them. And that's the strange and sad irony of those that claim to be for America or loving the little people by allowing anybody in, destroying the people's jobs much less the economy that would provide for those jobs to help pay for the things that they need and then try to convince them that all they have to do is just show up and money will be given to them out of thin air and recognizing, of course, economically, that that will destroy the value of every paper dollar you think you're holding when you can't buy anything with it. Uh, So these are things are recipes for disaster, not just because I say it, but because historically it's accurate and the laws of mathematics and economics have already revealed it many times over. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they're doing this deliberately. They want to pretty much tank the system so that they can rush her in the CBDC and, yeah. and, and digital 
the digital uh, tattoos that has all the banking information on it and all the uh, all the uh, medical information. They want to do that. They want to do that with the quantum tattoos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you don't already see that coming, uh, you're probably not listening to this show or or a fan of the Medical Truth podcast because it seems like James <laughs> is already very knowledgeable in that realm and hitting it hard as often as he can. Well, I appreciate that so very much. So again, you don't have any right now upcoming events that are out, you know, like lecture events or anything like that. I do not. I'm okay. just pretty much staying in place here, semi-retired and just doing this podcasting as a, as a hobby. And I just want to educate and inform the public uh, based on my personal knowledge of what I, you know, have experience in the medical industry mm-hmm. um, and what I see. And I'm trying to get guests on. I want guests. Uh, I just interviewed a gentleman by the name of J.J. Cooey. He's a professor. Actually, he was fired. Uh, he was vocal at the University of Pittsburgh. He's a neurobiologist. Mm-hmm. Great guy. He's an up, He just collaborated with Robert F. Kennedy on a book uh, that's coming out in November. Um, so I'm just trying to uh, get all these influencers and band them together and promote, promote everybody cross promote because we're the minority we're being flushed out by CNN, uh, fake news and CN MSNBC. And, and even Fox now Fox has gone kind of sideways, Mm -hmm. right? They've gone sideways. So they, they, they want to, they want to censor us. They want to censor all our, all our platforms, your platform, uh, my platform, everybody's platform. Right. And it takes the likes of, of you. It takes the likes of Mickey Willis. It takes the likes of me. I mean, I'm small. It takes likes of all these different platforms to band together. To show that band. there are more of us than there are of them. Even Absolutely. Though, yeah, they would like to have Absolutely. us believe we're in the minority. I don't believe we really are. Uh, speaking of Mickey Willis, he's going to be opening the conference at Your Health Freedom, West Jordan, Utah on Saturday. Uh, the Let's see, what is it today? The fifth so sixth seventh the seventh uh will be happening there so y'all check that out it's in the upcoming events tab then we have the health freedom expo if you ever want to hit any of these events if they're near you james just check it out the upcoming events tab at robertscatbell.com love to meet you in person i appreciate so much what you're doing thank you so much i hope you get a lot more viewers listeners etc for the medical truth podcast because you're doing great work thank you thank you for having me on i really appreciate it thanks james GDO, did I say that right? You said it right. Yeah, well, thanks. Great to connect with you, my brother, and you keep it up. I know you will. Thank you, sir. Thanks. All right, James from the Medical Truth Podcast here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Again, connecting good folks out there, doing good work, bringing the information to you that is not subject to censorship except when they're banned or deplatformed, but then they find another way, just like we do, and just like you do by staying in touch with us. So please, uh, you, you can sign up for our Substack too. We got the rsbshow.substack.com. We've got the Robert Scott Bell Show website, robertscottbell.com, various uh, social media where we're not banned as of now, maybe never, I don't know, but uh, thank you for being I here. I found his Substack, by the oh, way. you did, okay. Medical I Truth did. Podcast, looks like. Yes. Substack. All right, Substack.com slash at Medical Truth Podcast. Okay, that's a little different than our how we do ours, I guess. Yeah, they have different ways that you can, okay. can get to it, but I, I I dropped the link into the chat there. Oh, very cool. Yeah, thank you for that. Thank you for that. So let's see what else we got uh, on the horizon or happening right now or uh, today, tomorrow, whenever. Uh, well, the last thing I have on the list here is mm-hmm. uh, our homeopathic hit for the day. 
Are we going to do it? It's a heavy hitter, dude. Are you sure Is it? for this? Well, we better do it then if it's, it's, if it's a, a heavy very, hitter. It's a very big heavy hitter, heavy metal hitter. <laughs> Are you ready? Da, da, da. I, I can't find. Where's the music? There's no music for this. Hold me about oh. the end of the day. <laughs> okay. Right. That's that's what you get. I don't have a theme music for it. I yet. know I'm teasing you because you have so much extra time. <laughs> I mean, well, here. Yeah. <laughs> the homeopathic hit of the day. Oh, that version of it. There you go. The disco version of it. Well, wasn't there some heavy metals involved in Beethoven's time? Didn't he go deaf? But uh, Mercurius Vivus is the homeopathic remedy of the day. That's basically metallic mercury. Now, you know, mercury is kind of liquid at room temperature. Uh, back in the day when we were kids, they were still letting you play with mercury. Honestly, they were just like, oh, look at that. Little mercury balls running around there. And, of course, you go back in history, you find mercury is one of the most toxic metals that we have on planet Earth. And so there in the Materia Medica will be a lot of indications for its use. Uh, we do a brief homeopathic kit just to kind of introduce you to these remedies. So trust me, it's not going to be as comprehensive as you might want, or it might be too much. So uh, let's do it. Uh, Super Don has the homeopathic kit of the day always in the show notes embedded. Uh, if you can bring it up full screen. Yeah, here it is. Mercurius Vivus. And this is the uh, uh, metallic mercury. And it's, of course, carefully processed and potentized to create the homeopathic remedy. Um, mercury is not water-soluble. If you've ever seen it in water, it'll drop right to the bottom. It's heavy. Uh, it's a heavy metal. Uh, so you have to triturate mercury. And it's a very dangerous thing to do because you can create vapor and other things. So you got to be so careful. And the homeopathic pharmacopoeia of the United States and various pharmacopoeias around the world indicate how to produce this safely as a homeopathic medicine. Uh, and then eventually it could be outside of the trituration process to cust in a liquid form. Now we'll get into potencies as well on this. Now, um, considering a lot of focal point today will be on mucous membrane health, oral cavity, throat issue, ulcers, mouth ulcers, ulcers anywhere in or on the body can be indicated in terms of mercury and utilizing the homeopathic form of mercury. Yes, mercury is medicine. And unfortunately, when they use mercury in medicine, if it's not homeopathic, it's often used as a preservative still, like in, in injections or other things. Uh, and it was also used in modern medicine as a medicine, kind of like why Dr. Samuel Hahnemann, who developed homeopathy, identified the danger of the remedies for the ailments of his day back in the late 18th and early 19th century. Hahnemann said, my gosh, the remedies we have as doctors, as physicians, they're killing patients as faster, faster than the, the disease. And not much has changed in allopathic medicine in 150, 200 years. So, again, derived from metallic mercury, uh, but diluted, succussed, potentized to the point where it's not toxic anymore. Now, key characteristics as we go down, and this is a downloadable document as a PDF. Why does it look different to me today, Super Don? Just the visual on, on the, on the and not that it's bad. I'm just noticing it looks different, like it's formatted different today. You notice that? Is that just me? Probably just me. I anyway, don't know. You don't know. Okay. I it think looks it was, different? Well, it's, it looks like it's formatted different, and I don't, it's not bad. I'm just noticing it. That's all right. Yeah. I'm distracted because this is what Mercurius, Mercury, Mercury does <laughs> when... When you are in intoxicated with mercury, you can be confused. In fact, those that worked on hats, what do they call those 
hat hat ears. I, there's a name for it in history. Furriers, I can forget the name, but they were hat makers. Uh, they would utilize mercury in the in the production of the felt that was often used in hat making, and they would go a little crazy. And if you remember from Alice in Wonderland, the, the Mad, Mad Hatter. Hatter, right? Yeah. The Mad yeah. Hatter was because the Hatters went mad because they were exposed to mercury. So there's a lot of mental aspects to this remedy. Mercurius vivus, you may experience restlessness, anxiety, a general sense of unease. And, you know, you go, you just kind of go bonkers. You're like, what is going on there? Physically, again, often used for conditions like sore throats, uh, mouth, mouth ulcerations, gum infections, other affectations of the mucous membranes anywhere in and on the body. And it can also be used to stimulate the body's capacity to detoxify from a mercury burden. So like cures like, you can use homeopathic mercury to help elicit a removal of that mercury. Although, as we talk about, we're not isolationist. I'm not an isolationist when it comes to homeopathy. I still believe in the role and importance of things like selenium to bind mercury as well, or the folium products to, to remove heavy metals as well. But again, homeopathic mercury this is such a brief hit compared to what's in the Materia Medica, and I'll open it in a moment just to show you that as well. So primary uses for the sake of our brief introduction, oral and throat issues, let's start there, effective for dealing with sore throats, mouth, mouth ulcers, and gum infections. Now, it will also affect the membranes of the eye. So you'll see that in the Materia Medica, if you want to go further, you'll see eye ailments, eye diseases, strange uh, corneal, cornea, corneal uh, degradation could be associated with mercury. So mercurius as a homeopathic remedy could be helpful. Also respiratory issues used for conditions occasionally indicated for bronchitis, sinusitis, particularly when there's thick mucus discharge. Now, when we go to dosages and potencies, especially when we get to the low attenuations, a lot of times you'll see low potencies at 6X. That's one part per million. I do not recommend one part per million of mercury. That's still significant. 10x would be the lowest I would go at one part per 10 billion, which, you know, arguably you were exposed to these things at that level uh, normally, but not necessarily homeopathically. But even so, when I would prescribe Mercurius, often it would be not lower than a 15x attenuation or potency, which is add one times 10 to the uh, uh, 15 zeros after it. So you know how diluted it is. 30C as well. These are still considered a lower on the on the scale of potencies, but for acute addition, uh, conditions like sore throats, mouth ulcers, et cetera, where you go into the higher attenuations, you're going into deeper, severe issues, uh, longstanding issues, maybe even miasmic issues can be addressed somewhat uh, with uh, high, high dose mercurius, if you will. But please consult a qualified homeopath in such circumstances. Uh, some complementary remedies consider one of my favorite you've heard many times over uh, the, the the brief span that we've been doing these homeopathic hits, hepersol for calcarium, hepersol, often used after mercurius for lingering throat or oral issues. Belladonna, interesting, complementing mercurius vivus in treating acute sore throats, especially when there is redness and inflammation. We've talked about belladonna primarily for children's fevers, but not exclusively. Like I said, there's always something more if you're willing to go there. And I added the homeopathic remedy. It's one of the snake venoms, lachesis or lachesis, as a complementary remedy for chronic sore throats. Again, much more than I can discuss in one short brief hit, but I'll add a little bit to it as we go here. Now, considered safe as a homeopathic remedy, mercury is not safe as its mother state or even in uh, a slight dilutions. You really want to go to the, the higher dilutions and working with mercury because it is toxic at very, very low levels. But it's a versatile remedy. It's very profound in its impact on the mucous membranes, the oral and throat health issues. 
And it has actually an impact on probably every organ and system, including and especially the nervous system. So we talk about the Mad Hatter concept. So keep plugging into the Robert Scott Bell Show for more enlightening dives into the world of homeopathy through our homeopathic hits. And remember, this is not medical advice. This is education. This is information. This is to empower you to make fully informed decisions. And if you feel like it's too much, then don't, don't do anything until you consult with someone you feel like can help you get there. Now, as I you know, wrap up this, uh, yeah, we still got time here, technically. This is a Materia Medica. This is the Borky. As you can see, it's very well used. Uh, but if I open it up, it's alphabetical in the front to, to go to the various remedies. I didn't preset this, but there are a few forms of uh, Mercurius available to you. Um, Quicksilver, it's also known as, interestingly enough, Mercurius. And every organ and tissue of the body is more or less affected by this powerful drug, as it's called. That's why I said it's it, to limit it the way we did in a homeopathic kit doesn't do it justice. But if you can see how many pages of mercury in here, I'm going to take that page. I'm going to turn it. That's all mercurious indications. If I turn it again, there's more mercurious and there's even other forms of mercurious as well. Corrosivus, uh, another form of mercury. And uh, there's a cyanotis, mercury cyanide. Uh, it's not bad enough. And then dulcis, another mercury's calomel, which was a, a drug that was used allopathically. And there's a mercury iodatus. So uh, there's various forms of mercury uh, that are in here. Sulfuric. I mean, it's just amazing. And so you want to go deep. You're going to get lost a little bit. It's okay. Take your time to learn about these remedies. And that's why we're doing them as brief homeopathic hits here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. So get the heavy metals out. Use some folium, use some selenium. We use the 100% whole food selenium we get from Jonathan at choosetobehealthy.com. You can call uh, Jonathan at 866-424-1077 or go choosetobehealthy.com. Remember the code RSB5 to get a little discount when you check out getting all the whole food supplements, including the, the multi-mineral, uh, what is that called? Uh, missing link, which I take every day as well. Uh, and the folium products you get at foliumpx.com. Use the code RSB10 to get a 10% discount. Um, uh, Bobbery is going to be with me and many of us at the Health Freedom Expo in less than two weeks from now. I wonder if Jonathan, I, I got to reach out to Jonathan from choosetobehealthy.com. He usually goes to the Health Freedom Expo. It's always a great reunion if we get to see him. Um, uh, Sherry, Neil, others are there. It's going to be amazing. I hope to see you there. So, Super Don, uh, how did we do? Did we get through the Mercurius homeopathic hit in time? I think we did. We did. A lot of times I'm up against the wall on that. So that was good. We had plenty of time there. Very good. Very good. Hmm. So let's talk about what's going on tomorrow. Yes, we're, get, we're getting ready for another event. Uh, and Super Don's going out to visit family, his son. So I've got uh, Dr. Jack, James Lines-Weiler, scheduled for the first hour of tomorrow's show. Uh, we're likely, if it works out, Super Don will have uh, Jared St. Clair on for the second hour since we're going to be speaking together at the event. It might be a nice, nice review there. Uh, so we'll have a, at least one hour of new material tomorrow, and I'll record something special for our Sunday conversations, uh, maybe at the event. And then uh, I think Monday is a travel day for me, so I'm gonna. Uh, we might be doing an encore on Monday, just to, so you know. So we'll have to look at that. Sometimes it's I, I try to like next week when I head out to the Health Freedom Expo Super D. We're not gonna mm -hmm. miss it. A beat because I arranged a flight to go out after the show. So oh, we'll have okay. a week from today, I'll we'll be live. And Friday, I'll be live 
at the Health Freedom Expo. I usually do this as they're setting up behind me at registration on Friday, and I'll be doing a broadcast usually from there. I think we have uh, Michael Bolden scheduled from the 10th Amendment Center to join us. Uh, I wish he was at the Expo, but it'll be a remote joining. That'll be the plan. And I think we might have added, um, oh, what's the guy's name? The Cosmic Guy. Uh, Ishmael? Is it Perez? Ishmael? We had him on the Oh, yeah. Remember that guy? I remember and, that guy. And my yeah. wife got mad at me. She says, you won't let him speak. Let him speak. <laughs> but you remember how nervous I was about the topic because it was really cosmic and far out stuff. Yeah, I totally remember that. So I promised him and I promised my wife that I would let him speak next time. So you guys will get into some cosmic discussions. <laughs> and as it relates to the mission of, of uh, it ended Bob up being a, I mean, it ended up being a, a good interview. I think your your fears were were um, unfounded. Unfounded. Well, yeah. Again, this is me being hypersensitive about the audience and trying. Why sure. am I trying to protect my audience from things that might be uncomfortable for them? Right? <laughs> it's like this is wrong. I'm not. It's dad. like we don't normally go Art Bell on people, but and it seemed like it might in that situation. Well, but, you guys uh, give me a lot of leeway and latitude, don't you? Because yeah. I love talking about a lot of things. I'm a guy that can engage in conversations about the wildest stuff. Sometimes we do it even on the air. <laughs> so roll with it, baby. It'll be great. And uh, we're going to go there next Friday. Well, you're warned. Next Friday at the Health Freedom Expo, we're going get, to get wild and crazy. There's two or three wild and crazy guys. That's all right. right. Yeah. Every so, time we think it's going to be wild and crazy, everybody loves it. So Yeah, what can I say? How can I do? I don't know. We're still I learning. talk about yeah. vegans. Then they, then they get mad at me. But uh, other than that, it's good. You know what? I didn't. Nobody complained. Nobody I didn't. Complained I didn't today? see. I saw zero anger. Usually, uh, we get a little bit of anger on that. Yeah, I no. mean, either either people have chilled out or nobody's listening. Yeah, it's one or the other. Rumble? I don't know. Well, you know, Thursdays we get a lot of late listeners because they they do the uh, Dell's uh, high wire, right? And then they come to us after. But uh, whatever, whichever way you listen or whenever you listen, it's still good. It's still really good. Ah, so we got a lot. Lot going on, uh, even behind the scenes. Looks like we're going to be engaging in a, a special. I don't know if you call it a summit, whatever. We we're talking about it behind the scenes. We're just getting started. I'm actually, you know what? We're going to take our. Are we got to take a break for UK Health Radio? They got it. They got to drop off. Oh, do we? Yeah, okay. we'll come back. We'll come back for the uh, the bonus round. And I, I don't know. Are we prepared to give people a teaser we'll on just that? Drop yet? some hands. Drop some. Okay. Hands. Good All stuff right. happened, y'all. Thanks Sounds for good. being here. God bless y'all. We got a lot more healing to go on the Robert Scott Bell Show, but we got to do it in the bonus round because the power to heal is yours. All right. And we're back. And we're back. And we're back. So you were, you were uh, uh, talking about something that we've, we've literally yeah. just started the process on. Yeah. Uh, today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And this is going to be, um, and I don't want to say say too much okay. because we're still in the beginning phases of this, but mm-hmm. uh, probably the biggest summit on record uh, that's going to be dealing with the long COVID situation. Yeah, recovery post what we've all been through. Yep. And um, my, I'm going to spearhead uh, reaching out to some of the, well, the best folks on the planet to, to talk to them specifically about the, these issues and compile all of these interviews together for a special summit. And this is a first. You've never no. done anything like this before. And, you know, no. you've you've attended these things. Yeah, we've participated in them. And uh, the, the most recent one was the uh, Healing for the Ages. 
Yeah. Um, but there are other ones that you participated in and you've probably seen, you know, we've promoted some of these, you know, these big summits where they have, you know, like the, the, the best of the best of the rock stars of, of, you know, uh, health and wellness. Yeah. Um, and in this case, it's, I'm pretty excited about it because you, you, you get the, you will be handpicking yourself. Yeah. All of the top health and wellness uh, leaders in the industry, in this, this space that we're in mm-hmm. to talk about how to address long COVID and COVID recovery. Yeah. Yeah. Well, or whatever you want to call it, it. it, is, <laughs> it is, you know, it's yeah. as critical and important as anything that we've ever covered because of the, you know, the, the new assault in terms of what we've all been through, uh, whether we've gotten the injection or been around people that have, this is something that's affecting us all. And, you know, obviously I will have Brian artists be part of it. Uh, you know, I've already reached out to Mike Adams. He's got, he covered a lot of these things. So there's going to be some folks that it's a unique opportunity that we have to do that. So that's, uh, just uh, dropping a hint of some other things we're going to be doing off the air, getting ready for you. Uh, and I don't have a timeline yet, but it's, it's in, in the works, it's in the works. And I thought in the bonus round would be a good place to let y'all know for those that hang out longer, you get to see what's happening behind the scenes. So thank you for your support to make it even possible. You guys that are patron supporters, you help us out tremendously. Just and I think there may be even op- an opportunity here. We may be able to do like a sneak peek of things for the patron members. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, yes. We will keep you, I'll give you a, yeah, yeah that's but, a good point. But it'll be available to everybody mm-hmm. um, and we'll have more details. Yeah, that'll be coming up. So I think we have a meeting on that soon. Uh, yeah, in about an hour and a half. Okay, That. oh, not that soon. Okay, I thought it was right away. Uh, 3.30 my time. Okay. All right, yep. that gives me a sense of where I can do, what what I can get done between now and then. Uh, let's see. I think we covered everything today pretty well. Jonathan brings it as always. We had a new new friend we made in uh, James Egidio as well. And uh, any questions or comments? Anybody on uh, Rumble today? We've got a lot of people. I'm showing like 40-something people on Rumble right now. Hey, shout out to our Rumble watchers. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. If you guys have questions or comments, the bonus round is the time. We've got people, to- uh, people watching us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got people, let me go over to the chat here real quick here. Let's see what we got. All right. So we've got people on Facebook. We've got people on Twitch. I know we go out live on Twitter mm-hmm. and then when it's all said and done later on, uh, this evening, we've got all our, our folks that listen to us on the podcast, yes, which the is, which is out on various different platforms as well. We appreciate you as well. Yeah. We don't, so- we don't say as much to the, the, the podcast people as we should. Yeah, you guys are not in the cheap seats. You're just in the seats that are a little bit late. And it's not late because it's still viable when you but get But you it. are very important to us as well. And yes. We do appreciate you and your support. Thank you so very much. So Indeed. I got an email earlier uh-huh. um, from, uh, was it Mike and Diane? That were asking about that Klaus Schwab video that we played yesterday. Oh, that was hilarious, dude. I, I'd never seen that before. That That was like. Yeah, I mean, whoever put that together was was amazing. Um, Klaus Schwab singing his own versions of uh, various songs, and they were all <laughs> a, lyrically appropriate, what you would expect him to to say. Uh, yeah. Asking if there was a link to it, I found it on on uh, Twitter, mm-hmm. and so I sent that to them. Also, they were asking about the event coming up in Ridgefield. Uh, here in, in a few weeks, that would be the great, uh, the Northwest Awakening. 
That's the uh, one just event. outside of Portland on the Columbia River. In Richfield, yeah, it's in, in a town called Richfield. Yeah. Uh, apparently, they're they're wanting to they wanted to know if you were going to be there. I said, well, he's the guest speaker, so he's definitely going to be there. Yeah, um, and so they awesome. may they be maybe making a trip up there to see you. Okay. Did you get like, wasn't there an announcement about like those who serve the military active or, or retired could get a discount too? Yeah. I haven't had a chance to, to, uh, do something with that yet. Okay. It, where is it here? Patriots United, great Northwest awakening. So I'll have, I'll put something out on social media. Um, okay. but the, here's the deal. Uh, if you are interested in going, this is in Ridgefield, Washington, and this is coming up uh, October 21st, Saturday, October yeah, 21st. Yeah, it's a Saturday event, all day Saturday. Yeah. If you are a current or uh, veteran military, current uh, or retired law enforcement, correction officer, first responder, teacher, mm-hmm. you will get 15 bucks off your ticket automatically, and there's a code for that. Okay. Um, also, if there's a code for saving 50%, on on the front row seats, which are the you no, know, those are the the, the VIP special ones. seats. Yes, right. yes. Uh, and there's also a code to get seventeen point seven six percent. That's clever. Seventeen seventy six. Right there. As well. So if you follow us on Facebook, if you follow us on Twitter, um, I'll probably even put something uh, in maybe the newsletter that's going out on Sunday. Okay. Uh, for everybody. So just get either follow us on social media or sign up for the uh, newsletter. You get that info. Sounds good. Sounds good. Thank you for doing that. They're even giving away uh-huh. uh, 200 My Pillow travel pillows. Oh my gosh. <laughs> from, uh, Poor Mike make- Lindell. You know, I say what you will about him. Yeah. Some people like him, some people hate him. Yeah. Um, dude is, in, is having some serious issues. I don't know if you saw this or not. No. Uh, but uh, yeah, his business as just because of what happened, you know, he got platform him everywhere. Well, he also got himself into some trouble over the, um, the voting machines. Oh, you know, they, they sued him for defamation. Gotcha. Um, and apparently, and this is public knowledge. I was just reading about it earlier that, uh, his, his business is, is not doing well and he's, he's, um, not able to pay his lawyers now. Oh no. Um, and so, yeah, he's, he's really taking a, a hit, but, wow. um, apparently he's got a good pillow. I've never well, tried it before. I wish he would partner with Silverite because, uh, you know, the Silverite pillows are my favorite and they got the silver thread and the, uh, the, the K-Pock in, inside of them. We got the version dog. I've got to get some more of that K-Pock. The, you, my you pillow, my K-Pock? pillow is, yeah, is just like. Yours deflate? It, it used to be I could throw it in the dryer, you yeah. know, to fluff, fluff it, it up, up but again. that's just, yeah, it's it's beyond that at this point. So I'll have to get a hold of Lisa. Yeah, and if she can, I, I have some extra because, you know, I pulled a lot out of mine. Mine, I like my pillow deflated. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. You spent all that, you, you, you know, you've got this great pillow. Yep. That's just wonderful and fluffy and soft, and you pulled all the fluffy and soft out of it, so... You, you could like fold a blanket in half and that would be your pillow. But I travel with it and sleep, you know, so I, I, I like it that way. But yeah, I but it has nothing sad. in it. You could like fold it up and stick it in your pocket. It looks sad, I know, but it works for me. 
So like, what's the point? More K-pop. What's the point of a pillow with no filling inside of it? But it it came with so much filling. I had to pull so much out because you so could generous. use like some K-pop. old pillow that you have like this. It's been used for ten years. You know, how flat they get. Yeah. It just use that and put the silver thing on it. It's like. No, I want the K-pop. You have to like roll it up and into a ball to lay on it. So who wants to? He wants to use well, that I guess for a- because I'm just traveling too much. So I have to have a way to <laughs> I can take it with me. And it'd be harder if it was all stuffed full. But for me, it uh, works. But we can talk about getting you some more K-Pock. Yeah, I, d- I need yeah. to do that. That sounds so, that sounds so much like a Klingon word. Doesn't it? It's, it's so Klingon. I'm K-Pock telling you. K-Pock Verada Nektu. That's right. That's what it was? Leslie. <laughs> Leslie. She's been, been listening, listening, just processing chickens today. That's a wonderful right. way to describe yeah. that activity. I'm processing chickens today. Yeah. It sounds the, vegan, like, the vegans would like to have a word with you, Leslie. It's like you're processing them for, uh, what are they doing? <laughs> they're, they're, uh, they're immigrant chickens. We're processing yes, them. Yes, we're processing chickens today. They're, no, they're a domestic very, chickens. They are. A very lovely, sterile way to describe yeah. the activity. Don't get there. to know them too well. The kids yes. will be upset. Yes. Uh, but uh, good job. She also says that she's had some of those pillows and they're pretty nice. Pretty yes. Nice. Yeah. No, they're amazing. Uh, if you haven't gotten them, I think. And Steve likes the sheets. You know, did you ever know? Have you ever noticed that you've seen the, the commercials where um, I, he used to just be a pillow guy. And then suddenly he was just yeah. like, here's my sh- my sheets. And I'm like, Egyptian oh, cotton sheets. Right. Yeah. My and, and percale too, percale yeah. sheets. He's he's uh, getting I rid know, of. I mean, kale. I, I like drying it, kneading it, but I don't. No, like no. Percale. P e r c a l e. Then, then the other day, he had yeah. some special thing where he was giving away. He was give, doing a great deal on his slippers. Mm-hmm. I'm like slippers. slippers it's like what, what? 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 Foam what else does he have? Memory foam slippers. I guess I don't yeah. know. So anyway, I, I want what I want. Uh, are you know the. <laughs> A flat pillow is basically homeopathic pillow. Thank you, Steve. That's right. I'm consistent. I sleep on a, a real pillow, pillow that's been diluted uh, past the the number of Avogadro. Yes, it's potent. Di- pillow is argentum metallicum. Uh, it's silverite. Oh, that's funny. Oh, look uh, at this. Yeah, Speaking of want, silverite, what? You see this? I've been trying to buy a pillow from Silverite. Have they been out of stock that long? Good lord! Wow. I'll have to talk talk with uh, Lisa and see what's going on. Yeah, uh, but hopefully they can bring them back on board because they're awesome, Lori. They're worth the wait. When you get them, you'll be happy. Uh, what I was saying is what I want as the winter uh, comes upon us in the northern hemisphere. Have you ever had sheets that are like flannel? They're made like of, mm-hmm. you know, not the regular cotton sheets, I guess. Well, I have right now there's uh, Jersey uh, cotton is what, what we 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 like we prefer Joyce feel cotton, of like cotton from yeah. Jersey. I didn't even know it, they grew cotton in Jersey. What are you talking? Yeah, about? Yeah, you know what Jersey I'm talking cotton. about. Jersey cow cotton. What is that? Uh, I can't keep up with you. You're like a seamstress now. What are you, you talking are, about? Jersey cotton. You are so unlearned. I am. You know. You know. You know the weirdest stuff that I've never even heard of before. But you don't know what I'm talking. I know about. some of the basic stuff that I don't know, and that's one of those Jersey cotton. But we have uh, been doing some searches for some reasonably priced uh, organic cotton flannel because getting into the sheets in winter, it's cold, regular cotton sheets. You get into flannel, you're like, oh, it's not so cold. It's nice. So that'll be a nice step. You have to tell me about Jersey cotton. Is it like, does it, does it cuss at you when you get in it too late? Yo, get off of me. What does it get do? about it? Jersey yeah. cotton. Jersey, Jersey sheets. sheets are stretchier and cozier than other types of cotton sheets like percale or sateen weave sheets 
The fabric is knit and feels incredibly soft against the skin, but doesn't have the smoother, crisp feel that many woven fabrics have. Okay. So that's Does that help you? shirt material. Kind of, yeah. Okay, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Except that, it's it's thinner than that, but it's, it's, yeah. it's, uh, but you it know, here's the problem. What? We, we got a brand new bed, like, I don't know, like, it's probably been five months ago or so. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's one of the, it's, it's a, it's a king size and it's one of those kind of like a Tempur-Pedic, mm-hmm. but not a Tempur-Pedic because the Tempur-Pedic was like $6,000. Oh, and yeah. I was like, I can't yeah. do that. So I, yeah. I, I went with a, a less expensive. Yeah. Um, and they sold us these, these satiny kind of sheets and stuff like that, which are great, but the, the bed is really firm. Yeah. Um, and it's like, if you sit on the edge of it, you just slide right off the bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, this is not, this is not working. Okay. Oh, that's fun. Um, so anyway, uh, we got on. these, these Jersey sheets and we are, it's like, we like to sleep in a cold temperature room. Mm-hmm. So we don't mind the cold temperature. Okay. Um, so, uh, and you know, we sleep with the dogs too. So if, if you did wool sheets mm-hmm. and the dogs and the, it would be so warm, it just, it's, it cooking. would be ridiculous. Yeah. 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 Can't do, can't do wool. Yeah. Wool is, is just, and it's not as, it's, it doesn't feel as nice. No, I, I don't. So try it. You know, you should try it. Try the Jersey cotton. I think you'd like it. Well, I think it's like flannel. A little kind bit. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Kind so of. Whatever. Yeah, I just don't like getting in the cold winter sheets. That's all I'm saying. So, no. uh. Yeah, I don't have dogs to keep me warm. <laughs> no, I'm I'm kind of a warm blooded. Uh, no, I'm so annoyed. I don't even want the cat to sleep with me. So, you know, that's right. <laughs> that's my wife. That's my wife. Yeah, she's good. So, uh, well, who knew we were going to talk about bedding tonight? Today, yeah, well, uh, bonus bonus round. It goes wherever it goes. Bonus round bedding on the Robert Scott Bell Show. We need now an affiliate for organic cotton beds or something. There you go. I would like that. Uh, Sandy right. says, try Koyuchi for organic bedding. Koyuchi. I've never heard of that. Have you? I'd have to do a search for that. Koyuchi? Koyuchi sheets. Is that made uh, from like goldfish? Koi? That would be K-O-I. Okay. The original in organic sheets. Koyuchi. Oh, wow. oh it's yeah. a brand name. Okay. Uh... Okay. Fair trade certified Koichi sheet sets are made from long staple organic cotton Thanks that's for that sustainably tip. grown yeah. and woven in India. Oh, wow. From India. All the way by little India. children in a sweatshop. Oh, yeah. oh no, 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 no. Shh. Yeah, no. They're, unless they're wearing the organic clothing, too. They're free of chemicals and toxins that endanger the health of humans and animals and the ecosystem. Oh, I like it. Boy, that's right up your alley, huh? Totally. All right. Yeah. There you Fair go. Trade certified. Nice. Yeah, we yeah. got to think about all the things we're sleeping in and on. You know, yeah. that's the thing. All right. Any other questions or comments before we wrap I up? I like to Maybe sleep on to... the sheets made from the children in the sweatshops. What? Personally. That's just horrible. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even want to know. <laughs> all right. So uh, I think we're wrapping it up now. Uh, what else? We got James Lineswiler. I'm scheduled to have on tomorrow. So Dr. Jack from IPAC is back. And uh, heading into the next uh, event, uh, we got a lot of events coming up. So uh, if you can join me at any of them, please check out the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. And uh, please say thanks to all our wonderful sponsors for making this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty possible 
two hours a day, five days a week with an additional hour on Sunday, our Sunday conversations. And I hope you're enjoying them. I Did you get to hear much? I know you edited um, the Mary Beth show, but it was a beautiful show. And it was such a nice surprise at the end, what she said. Uh, I didn't know, you know, that she had an announcement like that. You remember what it was? You definitely no, I didn't get it, it I without didn't, even hearing it. I did. She she announced that she was engaged to be married. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, a wonderful opportunity to, you know, continue on with her life as well as, uh, you know, and she's not abandoning the memory of, of Nick, Dr. Nick, but uh, doing everything to, to keep that going too. So that was a happy, happy feel good moment in, in that interview. If nice. I was, you know, I get emotional when I talk about Dr. Nick Gonzalez, you know, right. my good friend. So, uh, that was a good, you know, really heartfelt interview. I think you'll enjoy it if you, and, and, and I got the recipe book she gave me. That was so sweet, which included some of the recipes that Carol Alt had added in, you know, to, mm. uh, what, uh, Dr. Nick was putting out there. So I wonder what Carol Alt is up to these days. Haven't talked to her in a long time. Yeah. I should just reach out and say, you hey, should. Carol, what's going you should. On? let's get her on the show. Get an update. Okay. We could do that. So with that, let's uh, take a pause and see y'all tomorrow. Super Don, you're going to be visiting your your son. Is that what you said? Uh, we'll be. And taking uh, my daughter and uh, Riley and Autumn with us. Uh, Is that on the one the, on in, this trip? And on the, on the border Eastern of Oregon. Yeah. Right. Okay. We'll get to go, uh, go check out uh, what's going on over there on the border of Idaho. Yeah, it'll be fine. Is there nice. anything that goes on there? Um, really? Well... The, every, every, uh, once a year, I think it's in September, they have the Tater Tot Festival. <laughs> they did well. Now listen, this the, the area the 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 it's it, there's a town there, mm-hmm. and it's um, Tater Tot, Oregon, Ontario, Oregon. Oh, Ontario. Okay, and it is the site of the original Orida. Tater tot, tater tot, kind of potato company, you know, French fry or whatever. Or Ida, okay. And so, yeah, once a year they they have the well, tater you know tot what festival. I, what I just figured out the moment you said that because I didn't know that history. Uh-huh. <clears throat> now, or Ida, the name makes sense. Oregon and Idaho. I had no idea until there this you go. moment it came together because you're right at the border. So that's right. Thank you for illuminating, you know, new information for me. You think I know it all? <laughs> I don't. Figure it out as I go, right in front of everybody's eyes. Yes. Four years. So, yes. Thank you for that. Yeah. Okay. We got to take a pause and you and I, we got some more meetings to do today. I've got to yep. do some more prep work as well for my uh, presentations upcoming. I've got PowerPoints to work on and uh, I thank you all for being here and sharing the show. And with that, Supernon, take us out. All right. Uh, James Lyons-Weiler tomorrow. So be sure to tune in and uh, we'll see you guys soon. Have a good day.